0: That means does that mean start? Does it mean start podcast day? Draft was last night. Want to get right into that, or do you have sure. to I
1: love it. I love to. I like. I love the draft.
0: Okay, so did you yeah. actually watch it? I do. Did you actually watch like on TV? Yeah.
1: Here's why. Okay. Here's okay. why. Because yeah, I, I I love hockey. Yeah, that's fine. like I love hockey, and it's like I know kids, yeah. and I train kids, and then but for me, there's also teaching, and I I watch a lot of the stuff that goes on. Yep. So when I got home last night, I sat on my couch. And I didn't want to move. And yeah. that was the best thing. So I was in and out of it, watching and falling asleep. So yes,
0: yeah, yeah but okay, but you actually watched it because I, I I checked the updates up until pick number four. Yeah. And why pick number four? Yeah. You might ask, because Mister Shane Wright didn't go till pick number four. Right. Um, so I didn't actually watch the thing on TV, so I didn't get the commentary or like the reactions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But. This is, this is why we talked about the exceptional status thing before. Yeah. This is why it's a pain in the ass to me because on the one hand, there's another side to it, of course, but on the one hand, I'm thinking about this kid who's 19 right now. Shane, right?
1: 18. 18 years old? 18.
0: Under a microscope in the hockey world yeah. of Like supposed to be the number one, whatever. Yeah. He's a good player, man. So this kid, This kid was probably devastated last night. Even if he and, wasn't, he, and was. he was. I know, and he was the fourth overall pick in the yeah. NHL draft. Yeah, it's like, so you go.
1: Well, I got a lot of ways to go. So write this down. Okay. Right, just write down. I felt actually bad for him. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then I didn't feel bad for him. Right. <laughs> okay, so I felt bad for him. Okay. So I love watching the draft. It's a big thing. I love seeing people accomplish things, and then, but, but here's what people have to remember. Because my wife got back at some point, and she goes, "Oh, did that guy deserve to get drafted that high and all?" Because she she doesn't know, right? She yeah. she's a she's a normal person that thinks that maybe there's some. Uh, she she hears some of the hype, like so. One person got drafted, and they were talking about. She where she heard she heard a couple of people get drafted. And they were talking about how. Oh, they have a lot of work to do still before they get there. She, she goes like, well, why do they draft them right away? I said, well, because there's a lot of work to do. And then she was asking questions. I said, this what you're listening. I said, don't listen to that guy on TV. They're, they're marketing people. They're right. trying to sell stuff and have people have controversy and everything they say has zero clout, right? I don't care who they are because they're just trying to sell a program. So go back to the draft and we'll go back to Shane Wright. This poor kid, if you want to call him a poor kid, took the exceptional status or applied for it so that's their decision obviously he's a really good hockey player now I have my I have my things was an exceptional status that there's probably only a couple ever that actually should be exceptional status if we're going to do if we're going to go down that road and it's to me exceptional status is Connor Connor McDavid walked into the OHL at 15 years old and had a ridiculous amount of points and stepped in the NHL like there was no doubt whatsoever he was exceptional so maybe that's something you do Aaron Eckblad my one of my guys was exceptional status. he stepped into the OHL I still not convinced that he needed to do that but he did and he became a first overall pick because he was actually exceptional I'm not saying Shane Wright isn't I'm just saying he got it so he obviously is exceptional but here's the thing the kid gets exceptional status so it's almost uh, almost immediately like Connor Bedard now he well, they must be exceptional in the NHL, they gotta be going first overall and people put the tag on. But it's not necessarily the scout for the Philadelphia Flyers that puts the tag on or the Detroit Red Wings or anything like that. It's the sports network. It's Sports Net. It's TSN, it's ESPN, all these guys because they got nothing better to do than to hype bullshit for two years or three years. Right? Yep. The TSN's not drafting him. Like, what's his name? Craig Button. I know he's doing his job, and he was a scout, and he was a GM at one time, so he actually knows hockey. But he was not going to let this thing go, that he is the number one player in the world, and he's Patrice Bergeron. Just even saying that, he's a Patrice Bergeron. Wouldn't you like him? How do you, like, don't say that to the kid right now, like the hype machine. Yeah. So this kid's walking around, the last couple years and I, I from all I've heard is he's a very hard-working kid and he's a very good hockey player I've never seen him live but this kid's walking around with this thing he's first overall in the NHL he's going to be first overall in NHL okay so fine so this kid walks around with that so here's my next issue is what I always tell people and I'm not saying his parents did anything wrong or whatever because maybe they had the same conversation but you you can't fail your kid you have to build that common sense or escape clauses it could be a worst case scenario best case scenario maybe it's best case scenario you do you do go first overall but what if you don't and you don't perform and you, and and now it gets to that and there's like for the lo- this basically this whole year it's like I don't know there's other guys so me as a dad I'm like okay son maybe we got to maybe we got to look at this another way or maybe we have to deal with it cuz it could happen and I'm sure they did to a certain point so this kid comes along and and right to the right to the morning thinks he's going to the Montreal Canadiens first overall and then so the next part that I I couldn't stand about over the last week or two or three this Slavkovsky kid comes you start hearing his name over and over and and everyone's talking you know the writing was on the wall. The writing was on the wall, and, and everyone's putting pressure on Montreal and these. And so you got all the fans saying you got to take Shane Wright. How the hell a fan know? What are you scouting? What did you ever scout? Yeah. Right. So, all this is coming to a head over the week, and, and it's like, it's just a hype machine. So, then the whole production, right? It, it, it's, it, it's all cool, but it's like the draft could take about 45 minutes to get 30 picks, mm-hmm. 32 picks, or an hour. But they make it like this big thing, you know, like, and it is a big thing, but it's like, it, what we have to understand about the NHL draft, the OHL draft, all that stuff, there's things that need to be hyped, and then there's reality. So this kid's sitting in the stands. I felt so bad for him. Well, no, let me go back. So in the newspaper, that's what I was going to say. Slipcos, slip whatever the guy's name is. I can't say it right. They're they're kind of in the, in the media saying, who should be number one? Do you feel like you, you're the number one pick? Like, imagine asking an 18-year-old kid this. Do you think you're the number one pick? It doesn't matter what I think. Yeah. Right? It's like. And so they're both like, I think I'm the number one. I should be the number one pick. So I heard Shane Wright saying, "Yeah, I think I'm the best player, and I think I should be number one." Okay, cool. Because they believe they're starting to believe the hype, right? That's what I. So I, when I went home yesterday, Charlie and I were eating, and I said, "Okay, let's just say," because I went through those comments and how they're going through this. I said, "So let's just say you are in that situation. So you don't even have to be a number one, number one overall consideration. You could be your draft year, right?" I said, how would you answer that question? Do you deserve to be the number one pick? And he goes, and I, I gave some of the comments that Shane Wright did and Sl- Slavkovsky, and he goes, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I'd answer that. I said, well, I, I wouldn't answer it like, yeah, I should be the number one pick. And and I, I, and and I promoting like, yeah, of course I'm the number one pick or whatever. I would never do that. Yep. Or And one of the questions was, I think it was like along these lines is like, what does it mean to you to be the number one pick? And the answer was like, oh, it means everything to me, blah, blah, blah. Well, you're just setting yourself up for failure. So this is what I'm saying with parents and the people that you surround yourself with is give different thought process to this because it's out of your control. So Charlie goes, well, how would you answer it? So This doesn't have to be a first overall answer. It could be the draft period. Is being first overall important to you or uh, what does it mean to you? I would say the draft is the draft. I've done everything like I know that you the media and everybody out there want to have to sell things and hype things and, and and you rate people accordingly and you come up with prediction but I know for a fact that TSN isn't drafted me or, or the sports network isn't drafted me so what you what you're where you rank me doesn't really matter but what I could tell you is this is I've done everything I could to be the best player that I can be and if everyone thinks I'm number one great and if I went number one I'd be honored and happy and I'd be thrilled and I'd feel like, wow, I, I actually, everything came to fruition for me and awesome, like incredible. I became the first overall pick, but I, that's not for me to decide now. I ch- I chose, I, I played, I've got, I did what I can do. It's out of my control. Now the Montreal Canadians, they have to choose if they want to pick me or not. And that's, that has nothing to do with the hype. So I've done everything I can do. And I'll be honored, but my job was is I want to play in the NHL. How I get there doesn't really matter. The actual first overall, second overall, like it's only important to the media. Yeah. That's all it's important to. Yeah. But to be a first overall pick, that's out of my control, man. I just played well, yeah. so I'd be honored to play, you know. But that's a different answer. It takes your pressure off yourself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, the
0: so like there's two uh, there's two sides to to what we're doing because the whole purpose of professional hockey is that it's an it's an entertainment avenue for people to watch yes that's the whole the whole point of it so when you're coming at it from the perspective of the news media or the fans or whoever all that hype stuff i'm not saying it's i like it or anything but it makes sense because that's what the whole point is the whole point is entertainment to draw people in to watch and all that kind of stuff understood so i get that But coming from the hockey player side of it, this is where what you're saying is really important because people can start to get into the hype and they can start to get into the things that don't matter, which is where, what position you get drafted in, how good your style is on the ice, being like a beauty, living the lifestyle, like all those things we talk about from the hockey player perspective that don't really matter, that's where as the players and as the families involved, you can start to get sucked into that because you're surrounded by it because of the industry of entertainment. That's what they're trying to do. They need to sell a product so that people want to watch and make it interesting. So as a, as the player going into this kind of a situation and it's, it could be a draft, it could be whatever, whatever hype situation you could be surrounded by. It's just important to remember. And that's kind of what I think you're, you're, you're saying is keep the things that are important, important. If you're Shane, Wright. Does it actually matter that you go first overall? Not really. Because, there's man, there's so many picks that get all these first-round guys. Like, who is the... They're talking about the guy that got picked. We were talking about this morning. The guy that got picked last in the first round that's just, like, a
1: goof. Like, dressed oh, in that's all that white. Oh, that guy that went to Tampa, his name was... Uh, I got it. How, Isaac Howard. Isaac Howard. That's his name? So... <laughs> yeah. So,
0: it's like, okay, man. Like this is not what it's about. It's about trying to make it. And you get all these first round picks that never end up playing anyways. Yep. It's just like in the OHL, you get all these first rounders that don't actually end up doing anything or yep. playing or being professionals or whatever. So it's like, what's the goal, yep. right? Is your goal that you want to get drafted first overall to the NHL? Again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Obviously, it's a nice feather in the cap, nice moment to have and all that. But it's like, man, now you're trying to be a professional hockey. Is that what it is? isn't? When you were a little kid, didn't you want to be a professional hockey? Isn't that what you actually wanted? The NHL. It's not about the suit that you wear to the draft. Right. It's not about getting the interviews and all that kind of stuff. Like that shouldn't be what your main driver is. And it's a really nice ego, Pat. Like it's cool to be the guy that gets interviewed and it feels nice to get the attention and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like humans are kind of just wired for that. Like We like the prestige of, of that, those kinds of things. But that isn't what the important thing is. You know, and it's easy. You watch last night, like the camera pans to his face. I saw a couple updates of just like Shane Wright's face. You want to catch, you wanna catch the, him
1: at a weak moment where he's yeah, devastated. Yeah, you know
0: what I mean? And it's like, this is, we're talking about an 18-year-old, you know? Year old, so yeah. it's like he's a, he's a kid. So, And again, I understand that that's the entertainment business. Like thats you're trying to make a story and you're trying to make a sale. And, and I get that. I don't like it or really agree with it, but that's what ends up making things interesting for the average sports fan. Yeah. Is all that kind of shit, the trade, the trades, the yeah, yeah. controversies, the all that kind of stuff for but, the fan, for the fan. Yes. But this is the just the player side of it, right?
1: Yeah, and then and the other side is that Montreal was hosting the draft in their hometown and it was like I know they didn't care what mm-hmm. the fans and what the media thought, but they're sitting there and they're actually having to make a hard decision, mm-hmm. right? We, th- because he's been hyped so much to go to Montreal as the first overall pick. Now they're making the pick and you can see some people, go, what are you talking about? You didn't take him. Like, what are, are you guys idiots? Like, come on, man. I know. It's like a, a fan doesn't scout, but like the, the, so the, the, the Montreal Canadians that dr- draft who they drop, but now they got to explain why they didn't take the other guy. Right. It's like, it's not your business. So then, so the other side of it is, is like someone hypes up the media hypes up the the one player that's they they feel is the number one player but the montreal Canadiens have different plans man yeah. that's not the player that fits into their plans the same way they see this big uh I, th- I believe a right-handed power forward that is neck and neck with them and i would say that's a great choice man i that's who i was picking anyways mm-hmm was the big uh, Slavkovsky just based on what I saw and yep. the size and the, the hands and the yeah? Uh, that's who I take yeah. that's 100% who I was taking if I was was them but of course I got no skin in the game
0: well yeah and, but, and then you got
1: and New- then they started making trades and building around that yeah. so it's like yeah so TSN shove it up your ass
0: well and that, then you look at number 2 right so New Jersey comes and they pick a D it's like oh my god like now he's third and it's like yeah because New Jersey needs a D man they don't need a forward, you know? So with your top, with your very, very top pick in the first round, if you don't need a first line centerman in five years or three years or however long it takes Shane Wright to become a established player in the league, if he is to do that, if they already have guys that are like that, which New Jersey through their, through their lineup, they have a ton of young forwards up up yeah. front well, already. they strong
1: up the middle, right? Apparently they're so, strong up the middle. I know.
0: So it's like, if that's what they think is their organization, why would I, I have a chance to get one of the top three best players in the world, yeah. and my team right now we have no D. It's like yeah. you're gonna take a D, so it doesn't matter that you didn't just pick Shane right because he's the highest, yeah. you know, or or whatever. So then he fa- he falls to fourth, and it's like, man, that's not a problem. Like <laughs> that's not an
1: actual problem. Fourth that, is you, like a fourth is first. That's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous, right? Especially <laughs> if he would have fell you, to three like thirty ninth, that would have been like, wow, that kid really. Yeah.
0: Well, especially if if the if it's a draft like this where there isn't really a clear first overall, where it's like the exceptional, like right. McDavid was, or go through the last several years where you have those guys that are just like, there's no nobody's coming close to this
1: guy. Right. You know. Yeah, we have to take it. There's to take not him. one centerman we have that yeah. will ever. This is touch like a
0: generational guy. player, right, or whatever. Right. So when it's a balanced draft that's where the hype starts to play and they try to make it that yep. like every year they try to make yep. it the Sydney Crosby draft. So next year it's going to be right? Connor Bedard, I think. Right.
1: I think it's next year. That's, that's the hype train. And I hope this, I hope this young guy takes it in stride and just plays well and parks it because you never know. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: And that, that's, that's what would be, would be nice. So just again, as the, as the players that are involved and the families that are involved, if you're in a situation where it's, and like you said, it's not even about the first overall, cause there's not very many kids that are going to be in that position to deal with that situation. But just being drafted in general. Like you see it happened to guys all the time that they expected to be a, a second round pick and they went fifth round or they expected to get drafted and they didn't or whatever. And it's like, there's ways that you can prepare yourself for this. And there's ways that you can prepare your kids for that. Cause they are just kids, man. They're still just kids. Like you see guys that are 20, like we had O-Dog in here today is t- going to be 22 or 21, 22. It's like he's still a kid, man. Like he comes in, he taught, he's has all this experience of playing hockey and he's like a kid, man. You know, he's not an a, he's not a grown man yet. No, he said young, young, young yeah, man. He's a young man. And it's like the, yeah. the, the amount of pressure that that type of social situation can put on you getting that much attention. It's like kids aren't ready for that, man. They don't have yeah. their brains yet. And it's important that you give them tools and skills to deal with that right. kind of pressure to whatever magnitude it is, whether you're first overall or you're Potentially getting drafted, or you just play in the OHL and you're trying to get ice time. Whatever the situation is, like it's important yeah. that you try to equip the kids to do that
1: from the player side. You know, not just yeah. thinking of it like a fan. Yeah. Well, and so I, the last thing I was going to say about that is like I was, I said I felt, felt bad, bad for. Him. Not, yeah. I felt uh, like I, I don't know the kid. Don't like. Of course, you want everyone to do well. I really do. But so I'm sitting there, and and w- when they took the first pick, it, you could they panned the camera on him, and you know he made the face like. You know, I'm good. I'm good. Like, whatever. That's the way it goes. I'll, you know, that's the way it, You know, good, good, good. But it was unnecessary, right? Mm. Totally unnecessary. And then the second, third, like, they they put the camera on a few times. You could see him sweating it out because unnecessarily he failed. But he didn't do anything. Yeah. He already did his thing. Know. He played. Yeah. And now he's, like, sitting in a situation where everybody in that arena is looking at him oh, you didn't go first. You're not that good or that because that's what people love to do, right? right? Ha, 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 or I can't believe it. But anyways, there's whatever, how many thousand people were, everyone was looking at him and the talk was about him and everybody on TV. You could just see him like you're, he's about as comfortable as a fart in church in that place right yeah. now, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it's brutal and there's parents and all that stuff. And it's like you have to prepare yourself for that stuff. And it's, guys, I'm not saying that you just prepare yourself. That's hard because people are pumping your tires all the time. But anyways, the point is, this is why another side note here is that this is why getting some adversity is good for you, right? Because remember Charlie's OHL draft, Seabass draft, like some of the kids when they go through this, it's really good. Like, that's why being the best of the best of the best all the time isn't necessarily good. So he was an exceptional status. He didn't have to go through the highs and lows of getting drafted or the disappointments of someone told me that they wanted to take me and they didn't like what the hell at at 15 16 right so that's why like sometimes it's good to get a little bit of a shit sandwich so that you can actually go oh i can put this in perspective now but for parents and kids like prepare yourself for reality right um and not disappointment that you didn't get in the like the first overall that's ridiculous
0: yeah it's to your point there it's it's a manufactured failure it wasn't an actual you didn't actually you didn't fail. fail anything went fourth overall right? man yeah you went fourth overall it's like that's actually a ridiculous <laughs> success like you're yep. going to be every time we go back and we look at the look at the draft list like you're etched in history now dude like yep. you just it made it was a fantastic accomplishment like holy crap yep. and that's a failure yep. like so he's going to go home to his family party that they're supposed to have and it's just going to be like a little more quiet than it might've been because they thought he was going to be first overall or whatever.
1: And who knows? Like, I, I hope, hope, but I honestly, I hope it's, I hope he got that out of the system real fast, which I think he did.
0: Yeah. Hopefully. You know what I mean?
1: Okay. I'm in Seattle Kraken now. This is awesome.
0: Woo. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully that's hope. the case. And hopefully that's the support he's getting from his family. I don't know anything about him personally or his family yeah. life or anything like yeah, that, me, but yeah. I would hope, I would hope that he didn't have a cake waiting at home that said, congratulations first overall on it. Yeah. Right. Cause that would be stupid.
1: Yeah. So, but you could take the one and you could just add like the yeah, yeah, yeah. Make the four. You could just do that. Change the colors <laughs> yeah, from red, right. blue, and white yeah. to to green and yeah, blue. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Poor freaking so, kid.
0: Well, so th- and that's that's I think the the whole message is don't unnecessarily manufacture failures for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Because things that it's it really comes down to how you're looking at things, right? It's the yep. glass half full, glass half empty kind of situation. <laughs> it's like you need to yep. see what the reality is of the situation and there's ways that you can prepare for that. And there's ways that you can set yourself up to, to fail, you know? And so we, especially we have a bunch of guys now that they're starting to get to those higher levels and they're going to be coming across those situations. And it's not, if if something doesn't go exactly the way that you wanted it to go in your head, that doesn't mean it's a failure. That's right. You know, that doesn't mean it's a failure. Like I played, I played road hockey in my front little cul-de-sac there when I was a kid every day, playing when I won the Stanley cup and playing when I got drafted and playing all that kind of stuff. And I didn't get any of that. Right. And that doesn't mean that I am a failure at life and I can't do anything well and I'm no good at anything. And I wasn't a good player and it was a waste of my time and it was a waste of my energy and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean any of that, yeah. you know, and it's really important that you guys know that, especially the kids coming up because it can be devastating, man. Like you can see kids just freaking getting crushed by the pressure of everything that's going on around them because they don't have any tools to deal with it. So it's just really important that yeah. you, you make sure as the kid, you're doing the best you can to to prepare yourself for those realities. And then as the family, you're you're doing the same thing. You know? Well,
1: it was really neat yesterday because as you're talking about that, I was thinking about uh, like, we have like some of our kids that have, didn't get the glory early and now they got like, like we got uh, Caleb who got a uh, f- full ride to uh, St. Saint Saint Cloud, Cloud state. Yeah, that's that's right. a great school, man. Yeah. What a good player. And he just kept pushing on and he just, Hey, I got to play hockey because I love it. Right. we got, uh adam that's going to rit we got like all these guys are going to get their glory it'll come man yeah um but what was really neat to s- kick off the draft last night is martin saint louis was the coach of the canadians yeah, yeah. did you see his I little talk no anyways it was, it was it was interesting like i like and i just i'm like just get the draft like i i have a hard time not swearing about this yeah, right yeah. <laughs> but just get the get, get it going pick your guys like what's with the stuff but anyways yeah. he he was talking about how this draft day is like very exciting for some of you guys and here's a guy who was never drafted he goes this is the first draft that i've been attended he that he attended and he played how that's many years? Eh? I think he's a Hall of Fame. I don't know if it's Hall of Fame, but there you go, man. Yeah, there you go. There, that's what the draft means. Yeah, at seriously. the end of the day. And he just told us, guys, if you want to do this, you can accomplish anything you want. And this is a guy that's like five seven. Do anything you want. Just keep pushing forward. And I think that was out of the draft. I think that was the best message that, message that was there from a guy that actually was in that situation. Yeah. Right. Seriously. So. And just
0: like looking at the looking at the list here too. It's it was. Because I didn't, I didn't watch all of it, like I said, but oh, my friends,
1: my friend, a guy I grew up with, played uh, goalie with my brother. His uh, son went fifth overall to Philly. Oh yeah, yeah, Cutter, Goche. Cutter, Cutter, Goche. Yeah, way to go, Cutter. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Sudbury, Ontario, boy. Well, Sean was his dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I ever. Oh, sorry. Can I tell tell you this story? Sure. Charlie was asking me this last night. Uh, How do you know uh, Cutter? Because he. Which, by the way. Yeah. Cutter. Well, wow, it's a big, best name. What a huh? name might dude. be the be better name than Charlie. Yeah. I'm sorry, I should have <laughs> named my kid Cutter. It's, isn't yeah. that a great name? Yeah. His middle name is Rules. Really? Yeah, Cutter Rules Goche. Yeah, isn't that Go- great? That's Good looking cool. kid, hey, big boy. Yeah. So, yeah. I was talking to his dad, so uh, so my brother this I don't know if this is in the history of the world this ever happened. Charlie was asking, goes how now, what's the connection with you and gocha uh, goche? Because weren't you supposed to train him like two years ago? I said, yeah, but he was in the US. This, whatever, doesn't matter. Okay, let me tell you a quick story. My brothers growing up, Sean Goche and my brother, Daryl Pocket and another goalie named Richard Shalmistra. Oh, you told me this. Played all their life, yeah. right? Minor hockey. Yeah. Minor hockey life together. One of them always had to cut. It was always, someone always had to get cut. It was always Richard. So Sean, a minor midget, Sean Goche, cutter's dad who's a really good goalie him and my brother were the one-two tandem they were unreal cutter gets moves up to major midget i think it was or maybe he moved away i can't remember exactly did i say cutter yeah, sean. sean sean moves yeah. away my brother is the goalie now and richard shilmistra is the not a backup the one-two okay mm-hmm. all three end up playing professional yeah. hockey yeah. my brother signed with washington uh sean signed with or signed or got drafted to winnipeg richard Shelmistra went to uh got, went to whatever college and then he got he played with uh new jersey mm-hmm. so you take a small city like and then brian savage was uh their their top centerman so four good guys one had to get cut out of all those guys Richard Chmiel, the kid that never made the team, played the most games in the NHL. Ha! Really? Eh? But how do you come? How does that happen it's in crazy, a small man. town? I know you got three, that you guys, three guys. that can play in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even find one goalie to be a junior guy yeah. in most places. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, right? That's three hilarious. kids played had NHL contracts from one team. So it's I'm, incredible.
0: I'm looking at, I'm looking at the list right now from the first round, and interesting, only two two of the 32 were OHL picks. Um, lots from the dub, lots from the, uh, us national development program yep. and, uh, you're bunch up. of, bunch of Europeans, man. Most of it was like, Europe. we got, we got a lot of Europeans here, man. it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty Slovak league, the Liga or whatever. Is that awesome. how you say it? Incredible. It's like, it's, it's so like, here's the, here's the, the thing, right? It's like for the guys that like, even if you're playing in the OHL or whatever, it's like, you think you're there, eh? It's like, you think you're there. You think you made it. It's like, you're not even close. We had, we got two guys in the OHL that were in the first round, right? Yeah. So it's two over, is there seven rounds? There's seven so rounds. That's, that's 14 on, a, if, if that's the average, yeah. which it'll probably end up being more than that. But let's say it's, yeah. let's say it's even if on average, you got four picks, right? Yeah. You're talking 30 guys yeah. that are drafted from the OHL yeah. of the in the whole NHL draft. Yeah. So in the OHL where you're like the best of the best development league, we're talking 30 guys Yeah. of the whole league Yeah. in that draft year that are yeah. getting, you know, it's, it's, it's like, very, it's very
1: cyclical yeah. too. Like some years oh, you yeah. have like yeah, half, yeah, for the, sure. half of its uh, CHL. Yep. But here, here, the bottom line is there's like, this, when you start looking at numbers like that, you're going to realize it's such a huge, huge, huge world. Like one kid got drafted out of uh, a Minnesota high school first round yesterday. Really? Yeah. I know. You go, what? Well, because he's big and he's good. I forget his last what, name. What, you got around the pick? So I think it's uh, 17 to 20,
0: 25. Minnesota. No. Wait, I want to see who this is. Yeah. Chaska High. Yeah. Sam Renzel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't Six, be shocked. Six-three-one-eighty. Six, high school. Yeah, but this 25th is... 25th overall.
1: Yeah, but this is the thing. Don't think you're good, man. I know. No, I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> not even saying that like a smart ass. Don't think you're good. Like, this is why I always say to to everybody you like you have to go in there and underestimate underestimate how good you are overestimate how good everybody else is and work like you're the you work like you're second and believe in yourself like you're first yeah, you know what i mean 100% man you have to like like and this is these aren't just words yeah. that fifth gear that you have when everyone's when everything's locked in clicked in that's how you have to be every single day and then work hard harder than you did the other day yeah. that's the only way you're ever going to make it kid yeah, seriously, because it's so good. Like, and I, 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 I got to be honest with you. I, uh, I really enjoy watching how good the world of ho- hockey is, is because it shocks people that two people from Slovakia. How many? How good is Sweden? It's really good. So the other side of this is like maybe, maybe hockey Canada, maybe even though we're producing numbers, incredible numbers. But maybe other people are doing things just as well or better. You think? And I would say that the one thing that the European countries do way better, and that's, you know, Dale that works for us, played in Denmark for a long time. He said the, physically they're in shape like nobody's business. He goes, we can't compete with their with their fitness levels. He goes. Part of it is because they grow up, and a lot of them have to do military service, so they get that yeah. right away. And but Webby went over there to sw- Sweden for a while, and he come back. He goes, "Boy, do these guys work?" He goes, "They work." Yeah. So, well, you know, yeah. There's it's a it's a big big world. Yeah, for sure.
0: So on the on that note, thinking about you know players coming from other places, it's like you don't know what they do, right? And this is the other thing. So it's like even I'm looking at tenth overall Pavel. Uh, Menchikov that came from Saginaw yeah. defenseman good player I like watching him man he's good so he's from I would imagine Russia yeah. so this guy's from the OHL on paper but he's from Russia yeah. right so Dale speaking of Dale talking about when he's playing in Denmark he was saying that their two mile time was expected to be under 12 minutes yeah two mile so run two mile run so if you if you do go to the like standard 400 meter track that's eight laps
1: yep yeah right? Yeah.
0: So you're doing eight laps. That's going to get you more or less 3,200 meters, right? So that is fast. Yeah, you're running. That is fast. (laughs) So the the top kid that we had doing it, which didn't include everybody, but the top kid that we had, it was over 12 minutes. Yeah. And he's 17 years old. Yeah. This kid hums. This kid's got an absolute tank on him, right? Nobody else broke 13 minutes. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking like professional athletes coming from Europe. Not, They're not here. Everyone always talks about how, how tough the Canadian hockey players are. It's like, yeah, maybe we have some grit and we have some toughness. But these guys are in shape, man. These guys can go forever and not get tired. Yeah. Like these are the guys you're competing with, right? And this is why people get, people get, you know, when we talk about the seriousness of like when you're trying to be an actual, an actual good professional, like how serious you have to take it. It's like, this is the competition, dude. Yeah. You think you can run a 12 minute two mile? If you think you can, you're off your rocker. If you think you can do that, like that is fast, man. That is
1: humming. And so these guys are. And typically by a pretty big kid. That's some little runner guy. Yeah. Yeah, For the big legs. That's what
0: I'm saying. Yeah. For the weight. Muscular.
1: Not just a, not just a marathon looking guy. Right.
0: So it's like, there's so many different pieces of the puzzle. It's like, yeah, you got the grit. Okay. But are you in shape though? Do you have the skill? Can you skate like this guy can skate? Can you see the ice the way that this guy can skate? And when you're going, to, you look at a draft like this and you have these kids that are coming from all corners of the globe, all with different training styles. All, maybe to your point of Hockey Canada, maybe let's take a look beyond just what's right in front of our nose here because they have some things that we don't have.
1: Absolutely. And this is
0: why I I mentioned this the other day when we were talking about kind of just some training concepts somebody had asked me is there anything we can take from bodybuilding as athletes and it's like don't close any doors to any resources ever like you never write off something because you think it's stupid or that's not how we do it here or nobody I know does that or whatever you should have all the doors all the windows open just on the off chance you can pick something up from somebody or from something that is helpful because it's so competitive that you're look you're looking at some of these kids and the crazy thing about this too is that most of these kids i would wager aren't going to be nhl pros for very long in that first round of those 32 picks i would love to see i don't know if there's a, a stat on that but how long the well, average we're going to know
1: in about 8 years yeah 8 years who's actually going to establish himself as a pro because again it's it's uh it's all the it's the first date right now it's the jersey it's the pictures it's you're the best we're so thrilled to have them. But then the reality is, is when are you fitting in that lineup? When you go to, if you're going to that kid that got drafted to Tampa, yeah. when do you think you're playing there? And he might be there in two years. Well, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's pick, th-
0: pick a year. Pick a, any year in the last, like, decade.
1: Last decade? Like, okay. Uh, like, so 2000. Er, let's go Ecke's draft, 2014. T- 2014. Yeah, 2014,
0: 2014 Ecky's draft. draft. All right. So so Ecky's draft was... Obviously, first overall. Aaron, so that's Aaron Ekblad. Yeah, Aaron. So he was. He's got 500 games, 554 games played, eight seasons. Sam Reinhart, number two, 532 games, eight seasons. Drysaitel, third, good draft.
1: Yeah, it's good Jesus draft. Jesus
0: Christ, sidle, eight seasons, 558. Bennett, 483, eight seasons. Now this is where we start to get the drop off. So we got D- one, two, three, four picks. Yeah. That have played basically every year. Okay. Next pick number five. You remember who it was? No. Michael Del Cole.
1: Wow. Well, played in
0: Oshawa. Yep. Hundred and twelve games yep. over five seasons. I want to see where he's at now. And he's <laughs> he's still in the AHL. So he's plays for Bridgeport, AHL. Yep. Next one, Jake Vertanen.
1: Oh, he fell apart. Yeah.
0: Three seventeen, six yeah. seasons, and he's he's gone now. Is he
1: played yeah. though? he went to I think, went he went I think he had to, there were some issues. There's some issues. Yeah, right. Some yeah. So, so there's a there's a reason he had some so, issues. So
0: we got so we got four picks so far. Yeah, five and six gone. So he's in the KHL now for yeah. Tannen. Yeah. Seven. I'll just do the top ten. Yeah, go seven. Great, Hayden Flurry. Yeah. Remember him? Yeah, yeah. I sure. don't even remember him. Yeah. So he's played three hundred games, six seasons. No, sorry. Two hundred games, five seasons. Yep. For Hayden Flurry. Yep. Uh, he was drafted seventh overall to the Carolina Hurricanes. Yep. Uh, number eight is Nylander. And uh, sorry. Yeah, Flurry's now on uh, Seattle. He's been up and down.
1: Yep. Good player. It's still early. Yeah, he's Not in really Seattle.
0: Though. It is and it isn't. Yeah. Uh, next one was Nylander, eighth overall, seven seasons. 400 games 430 games uh ninth overall winnipeg
1: well it's oh, not the willie nylander william yep. okay
0: nylander yep winnipeg jets uh nikolai ellers Good seven buyer. seasons uh 10 anaheim ducks nick ritchie
1: no no uh he's done
0: he's yeah so he's falling off too now so now from the for the rest of that first round whereas like this is the most you're gonna get so we had other notable names would be uh, Larkin, 15th to Detroit, Tony D'Angelo, yep. notable name, but 200 games, <sighs> yep. Robbie Fabry, yep. Jared McCann. So for the rest of those guys, we got like four seasons, 42 games, three seasons, 53 games, three seasons, yep. 37 games. Uh, number 23, Connor, Connor Bleakley, he went to Colorado, nothing, yep. not one game. As soon as you get to round number two,
1: she drops off. She drops off quick, Cre- man. Creechie or Pasta Job was drafted that year? Second or third round, wasn't it? Not Job. That's uh, yeah, not Charlie's Pastor. buddy. Uh, Pasta in Boston. Pasternak? Pasternak. Yeah, he's 25th overall to Boston. Yeah. 510 yeah. games. So you go do that whole draft over. Yep. Aaron may or may not be the first overall. Well, may, He still could be. You got Leon
0: Dreisaitl. I know. <laughs>
1: third, I know. Right? So anyways,
0: point being, you look back on some of these guys, because once you get to the second round, it's like in the, in that second round, there's another 32 picks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve 10, 11, 12 of them never played one game. And only one, two, three, four, five, seven played over 100 games. Yep. Only seven. Only seven. Yeah, in that second round, played over 100 games in NHL. Yeah, right. So it's like you think you're there, man. You think you're there,
1: man. I'm telling you, there's a lot of late bloomers. There's a lot of kids like we we. I think we talked about NCAA and uh, OHL last year. There's that. So the does, do you develop more in the NCAA or a little bit older or whatever? We look at those two things. But we, we remember I said, like, the, the Americans, most of the Americans think of the OHL and they don't even know what it is because mm-hmm. that, that process doesn't even make sense to them. Yeah. Well, okay, what about a kid in Sweden? Like, their process is different. They're not thinking National Hockey League at 18 necessarily because they're playing in a, a pro-Swiss league or a Swedish league, Finnish league yeah. and all that stuff. Like, guys just continue to get better. Mm -hmm. And those guys, I'm telling you, man, those guys in in Europe that are playing in these club teams, even like I said before, they work, they work. So if they're working their ass off and they're actually, and they're very talented, then they, that's why look at, look at Detroit. There's they they, Iserman, right? He's, he's building his, uh, they got their, uh, Swedish or European scout and he's building the best guys from out there. There's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason, man.
0: Yeah. Seriously. So, I had kind of just like an interesting thought. So if you're, okay. cause I don't know a lot about like the backside process of this either. So like what go, you, maybe you know more than me, maybe you don't, but we could just talk about it, see see yeah. where we go, where we take it. So if, when you're trying to build the team as a, one of these professional orga- organizations, at what point from maybe some of the people that you've talked to around what pick, let's say, if we can put a kind of number on it, does it start to be like, I, like this guy probably won't be uh organization changing player and how do you build so if I have if I'm Montreal and I have the first overall pick versus your Tampa Bay or Edmonton had the last pick of the first round how does that change how would that change your perspective on like how you're shaping your team or like what it means for the draft because to me it seems like if you're outside the top five it's like now it's kind of like mm, I don't know know I don't know what like I don't know what this player is gonna end up being I feel like if you're inside the top five, it's like this guy is going to be. If he doesn't pan out to be a top player in the NHL, it
1: was a bad draft. Then,
0: or it's just kind of the kid who was a bust, yep. right? Like you were expecting him to be good, and he was yep. just a bust. But after pick number five, it's like, what are we expecting out of these guys coming in? So if we look at even guys that are up there, so what am I? What are my expectations of that player coming to my team? That's a really good question. Do you have anything like from guys, people you've talked to, or like scouts you've talked to, or like what they expect when they're going into a draft like that?
1: No, that's a really good question. I like, I I, I can't give you an answer on that. What that's... about even
0: even from the OHL? Like, what about the OHL perspective? Like, if you're because it would be the same thing, just scaled, right?
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think I think wow, the OHL is a tough one too because you're looking you're looking at. Uh, you know, the kid that's maybe a little bit more advanced and stronger has got a bit of an advantage, I think. Yeah. I, you know, that's, I think that's why you can beat the interview process to death, right? You really can. But I think if you do it correctly and really do your homework, I think you could get a probably a better read on what type of player you're going to get. Yeah. Like, I honestly, if I was running an organization, and I mean, I, I don't know if you can do this to 600 people. But I mean the area scouts and all that stuff, they do a good job. When you I guess if you identify the players that you like, I would do homework till the cows come home. Because because both ways, right? People can fool you uh with with their you know, their disguise of like i am a hard worker, I stay out of shit and uh all that stuff. But like they can fool you with that, but they can also fool you with how how hard they actually work. Because they don't, they're not, all, they're not all shits and giggles, right? Or they're not maybe the best guy. So that's why you'll get a guy that a Martin Saint Louis or whatever, whatever man, mm-hmm. whatever pick, and they shock the shit out of you. But the the, the team probably saw the the one thing like Nick Paul, like what a player this guy is, yeah. right? But anyways, my point is, you never know. Like so, if I'm if I'm looking at a team, I. Someone asked me the other day. Was it you? Someone asked me, would you build your te- team? Maybe it was uh, Mitchie. Asking me if, what I, if I was running a team, would I build my team? Like, when I go with a skill guy? <coughs> or, like, what would I do? And I go, every single time. For me. Yeah. I don't think skill is worth a diddly shit if you don't have the grit. Right? So, I will take... I, I need to know that a guy has... So much fire. Like, for example, yesterday we were doing a scrimmage. Mitchie asked a couple of kids, and he knew the score. We were playing a cross-ice game or whatever mini game, and most of the kids didn't know the score. He asked the one kid, and the kid goes, 4 nothing because he knows. And he competes, and he's trying to make plays, and he gets, not upset like a little baby kind, but it's, it's important that he wins, and he knows the score, and it's done properly. Like, there's a little thing there. Okay, put that one. Go to the guy's gym. Find out what he's working on. Like, hey. I would, like, I would, for for a scout, if anyone that comes through this, I would be so thrilled for them to say, what are your workouts like? Because I know our kids, they'll go, okay, so on May 28th, this, 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 this is what I ate and it's dialed in. That's something. Okay, so that's, that there's something. This kid's been doing this and this for that long. He's been, I've got two years of workouts sitting there. So number one, he knows how to work out. He writes it down. He's aware of his stuff. He eats right, whatever. What do you do on the ice? And all these things. Who do you hang out? Who do you hang out with? Ask those questions like how do you play? Like not the – because I know in the in the interview process that a lot of the times they ask questions and it's like who who, who does you, your game resemble? And they write down, okay, uh, this guy. And it's maybe not that much thought. But I would dig into that so much. Mm-hmm. Right? W- and, and, and really dig. You're going to find your players that way. Yeah. So anyways, long answer or a long bunch of bullshit <laughs> to say, I don't know the answer to that. Like, I don't know when they say, I, I don't think it's going to make a difference, but I, I honestly, if I'm like, I think Steve Iserman is unbelievable. Like I think the way he builds it, it's my boy, well, Hey dude, yeah, you got to give credit to where he is, man. This yeah. guy's smart. Look what he did in Tampa. That's his team. Right. That's his team. Yeah. Now he's going to Detroit and you just look at even how he fired the coach he the, the, think about this okay everybody knew jeff Lashaw was gonna get fired okay and people were saying like why didn't he why did like fire him he's not winning well number one that no one's winning with that team right it got blown up you can't win so he 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 let this guy coach and gave him an opportunity and and i'm not saying good or bad he but he gave the guy the opportunity till the t- point is now it's now your time's run out now we're not getting any better at all right but did he do it at the end of the season or beginning of the season, mid season, or just fresh No. He let him go out like really gracefully. Yeah. Right. And I don't know if it was a mutual or whatever. It doesn't matter, but he, he even let that go properly. Yeah. So then he's got these draft picks and you can start to see it build. And in a couple of years, you watch the Detroit Red Wings, right? He's going to have the right places. Now he's got the coach for the right time to come in at the right time and place. And boom. So my point is again, Long story short, short story long, (laughs) is there's guys out there that know exactly what they're doing. And I don't think, I don't think they say 29th overall, like, you know, whatever. I think at seventh, last pick of the draft, they're looking at, no, this guy has this. And we're going to see it develop. And uh, you don't give up on him. And you look at the Detroit Red Wings themselves. You've got the Tommy Holmstroms, the Datsukes, the Hederbergs, Zetterbergs that were drafted late anyways. Yeah. And you don't know what you're getting, man. You don't know. Yep. That's well, why you,
0: the homework is huge. And this is just back to the to the hype thing. People don't see the build. That's right. So people don't see the backside where it's like, you know, my, my one uncle, he's a huge, he's a Wings fan. He's a sports fan. He's like your typical sports fan. Like just knows all the players, knows the league, keeps up with the news, keeps up with the controversy, keeps up with everything. And he's always like, it's a very... Uh, very short-sighted emotional reactions to watching sports, right? Fire the coach. This guy sucks. They need to trade this guy. They need to. Well, yeah, but there's a process. But but yeah, there's a lot so, of things going so into this. saying
1: that you fire the coach. So let's go Jeff Blashel. Fire him two years ago for who?
0: Exactly. We can bring who? Are
1: you gonna bring in exactly.
0: He's not gonna change the team. Yeah, the team. The team sucks. The team right? sucks. They and they that guy time. did
1: everything he could. He probably right. pulled. He didn't have any hair. We probably pulled it all out. Yeah, they right? need
0: time, right? Yeah. and people don't see that back side of it. Him? So so. Isman sits up in the in the box, and every time they get scored on, it pans up to Steve Isman, just like, oh, what's he doing with this team? Meanwhile, he's got like the next five years mapped out in his book, and this is how it's going to go for the next five years. You know, and people don't see that part of it when you're trying to build a team. So, having said that, I think this is would be a little an interesting tangent to get your perspective on because looking at the draft again, you see these guys are coming from all over the place. So we got Slovakia, we got the KHL, we got WHL, we got SHL, we got. Um national development program, high school kids, whatever so if we 're looking over into Europe and over into Russia, so you went to to Russia to train yeah you've been to sweden you've yeah. been i don 't know where, yeah i've been all where, all these most of these places, and you have resources in those places, like somebody like Pauly, who coaches over there and all that kind of stuff so if you had to compare like some of the focuses and differences in how they develop players and kind of where they put their emphasis but if you're you know, Russian versus some of the Swedish or European leagues versus in North America versus even Canada to the States or whatever do you remember like when you're over there training, I'm particularly thinking about Russia when, when you were over there training the Russian players, was there a, a particular focus or, or things you saw that were different in the way they did things in terms of training their players to get them ready for professional? That was how, how they
1: did it or what the process was or what kind of what the comparison looks like. Well, it was, I think one of the reasons Igor brought me over, cause it was kind of going in shambles of the training mm-hmm. in his mind. It was kind of like there was no clue. Mm-hmm. So when I went there, I think that's what the case was. He actually told me that he goes, our coaches need to see good practices and good training Cause it's gone. So I, there's, I can't give you a good answer on that. And their fitness was like, uh, there wasn't anything fancy, man. There wasn't this anywhere. Really? So, yeah. I was surprised. I was I'm thinking of like Egors. old
0: Soviet union, like
1: well, military is, well, camp. Yeah. Right? But this is the thing. This is the thing. Uh, that's how it used to be. Right. And to me, that's, Kind of the best, except for it was extreme. Yeah, but like I was with Igor's son a couple of times. I go, where where's the gyms around here? And it, we were in Balashika, just outside of Mos- Moscow. And it was like we were talking to the boys about this yesterday. How Moscow is like every girl that walks by is, I, I mean, within reason, a high percentage of girls that walk by are wearing nice skirts, their hair's done, they're beautiful, like classy. And it's like this is like downtown Moscow. You go, this is unbelievable. It's like. Modern, and then you go where I was staying in Balashica, and it's like, what the hell? Toothless, homeless, and it, right. it was nothing, nothing familiar. So Igor's brother goes, yeah, people go here. They're do, they do chin-ups on monkey bars and stuff like that, parks and stuff. So training was horseshit wow. until you're in a club situation. So I don't know. So Igor brought me over there to actually teach. So that when I was there, there's a whole bunch of coaches watching my things and asking questions and filming to All take right. stuff with them. So not a good comparison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was good is how they did it before, which I think resembles what they do in uh, Sweden, Swiss. Because my good, my my best friend is Pauli D'Pietri; he's assistant coach with uh, uh, Lugano in uh, Switzerland with Chris McSorley, and and he was with Zug before in Switzerland. And it's the, they have the club system, so the club systems are very similar to what soccer does. Yeah. Well, they they don't necessarily take them from all over the world, and to me, that's your best training. Is right. it is it doable here in Canada? I think it is. But it's got to be a whole flip of the mind. And Eric Wellwood and I were talking about that before. Wouldn't that be something to do the club system? So, like, instead of the OHL just being the OHL, that you had NHL teams that had teams, junior teams or club teams or whatever, and then you actually just don't make the playoffs every year. You're not even in the league. You have to qualify. So then it takes your development, just like soccer. I'm just saying what soccer does. Yeah, yeah. Then you, you develop, and now the Detroit Red Wings actually, actually, Give a shit about a ten-year-old, right? Right? Yeah. They see this kid. It's a ten-year-old that's actually good, and they put him in a system, like what's the Ronaldo's and the yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And they develop in that. And then if they're not good, they're going back home. Yeah. Anyway, I I think that is the best system because you're learning the system within the system. And the training, and it's like you're programmed, right? And that is that's the European system. Yeah, that's yeah. how they are yeah, It's doing more lucky the, over there. Well, I think I'm not, I'm not saying everywhere, but right, they right. do have like the good programs, like Ev Zug in Switzerland has the the pro team, the junior team, the you know junior whatever you call the JV whatever, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the way down club, and they do their training. It's school. It's whatever. I think that's the best way. And I think yeah. you know what the way that, the way this uh, crazy shit's going right now. Why? Why not? Yeah, like I used, to, I would have said a few years ago, like let them have fun and all that stuff. But you know, people are moving away and doing crazy shit, anyways. I actually think that maybe that's the way to go. And yeah. I'm not saying ten, but I'm, I'm saying probably maybe around, maybe around the bantam age when you start identifying kids that are 12, 13 years old, and you put a program. So let's just say, like in the southwestern Ontario region, if you put a program that's like you take a big. Chrysler or Hiram Walker or, you know, a a big booze company, a big like a billion dollar company and they say, yeah, let's let's invest in this just like Liverpool does. They have a big, huge corporate sponsors and it's like that's their business. Yeah. So like let's just say, uh, you know, one of our local billionaires around this area or 100 a millionaire guy says, I'm going to develop this team. And you have this, right? Think about it. This is actually a great setup.
0: This, I know. This is what I was just right? going to get
1: to. Yeah. So your coaches come in and you're coaching the you're coaching the twelve year old team. Okay, that's your job, Eric. Mm-hmm. And, and where did you coach before? Well, you coached. You were the head coach of the, uh, um, you're the head coach of the Oshawa Generals before. You did that for five years. Really? You're going to coach Bantam? Yeah. Yeah. We're here to develop kids. We're developing them for this program. And then those now you have your coaches all in one system. Yeah, you have the same thought patterns. Like you got the same people thinking the same thing, same goal. So like, now your success as a as a Banham coach or a U six fourteen coach has a huge uh, stake into how the pro team and the junior team right. develop. So now, do you think the 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 pro coach or that like if Steve Eiserman, let's just keep, we'll, keep, we'll say we're the Detroit Red Wings organization, right? Club Detroit club red wings yeah so now you're you're here uh training kids and, and you're outside of my program now like steve eisenman's program no no you're not spending enough time on small area games you're not doing it you have to do that and you know or else you're fired and you care because you might be the next coach of the club the club That's team right. or the, the pro team yeah. one day yeah right and you're taking these kids up and it's now it's a family so the next thing is you've got the fourteens seeing on the ice after or before the fifteens or the sixteens and the sixteens seeing the juniors, everybody wants to get to that that next level and you know what it takes, yeah and you see everybody every day, the dedication the hard work the the everything rubs off, and that 's my biggest thing ever and anything I do everything yeah. you do is the same thing who you hang out with i 'll tell you who you're going to be like, yeah, so if you're around like minded people that are actually goal driven and in the same system, your chances of success are a lot better in my opinion
0: yeah and i and the thing too is I think a lot of places they try to act like they're doing that anyways without it being like an official uh, system where that's actually happening one step to the next to the next, because that's, that's probably what, what you'll see. I know in other sports, you're saying in other sports, it's like that soccer, particularly in Europe, where you have that this step, then this step, then this step, then this step. And I think people are, like you said, people are looking for that anyways, you know, and that doesn't mean you have to be a lunatic parent or a lunatic person to but if that's what the process
1: is, that's what the process is. Well, if you're- but you're not a lunatic. If, if your kid is, okay, so you're a lunatic if you think your kid's a superstar and he's 10. Yeah. Kind of a lunatic. Yeah. But you have to nurture his skill. I right. get that. But once you start getting 14, 15, there is a time where, yeah. like we were talking about playing all kinds of sports. There is a time where you do have to start dialing in, okay, I want to be a hockey player. Right. So at that point, that's where those systems could come in really handy yeah. or and really it- intelligently maybe.
0: Yeah, and it would be good if you had like an affiliation like that where it's like minor up to junior up to the next level up to the next yeah. level because that you incentivize people to actually care about the kids because we were talking about this even today. It's like you can you can pour your heart and soul into a kid, but they have so many places to go yeah. with so many things that they can do yeah. and so many different people in their ear all the time that they have a hard time sticking to the plan. Yeah. Right. They have a hard time sticking to the process because yeah. they don't see. That track you know it's not laid out for them the way that we do things here yeah and it'd be really good like we were talking about the one kid today it'd be awesome if there was just like this is the track you're on stick to this process and don't do things that are going to undercut your track right that's right and it's it's important that people understand that but the way that the systems are now with how they develop kids it's not really like they have that that this is what the process is outlined and defined where they can right. see it right you know so for those kids that are at the age where they can start to be serious they don't really know where to, where to go or what to do yeah you know what i
1: mean yeah well can you imagine so i was just i was thinking about this as we're speaking so can you imagine like people move away now people go to all like you said they're all over the place spending all kinds of money so now if if a club owned you now now they own you they own you now that's fine though no? And then if, you, if you're just not good enough to make it, they can release you and then or, or 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 another club is able to buy you. It's going to cost you. Like if I develop you now, this, this, here's the other interest in developing a player. If I can develop you and you've been in PowerTech or Detroit Red Wing system since 14 or 12 or whatever, and I've developed you and you're really good. And now if if Club Chicago wants you, like it's financially good for the – like, yeah, you'll pay. yeah You're going to pay. That's but now good. think of this. It makes life actually kind of simpler. Your club Detroit, Club Detroit is run by Steve Eisman, let's say, or whatever company. And now we have one power skating coach or two. This power skating coach doesn't have, a, have to run around all over the freaking place <laughs> with their skates, yeah, trying, to or trying to teach it, trying to get things. Now they could have this, you know, four or five teams that they work with exclusively, and the power skating is run by her or him, yep. period. Mm-hmm. Right? And, this, and the skill stuff and the coaching and the X's and O's and stuff, the fitness, and then these people can sit together and, like, collaborate as a team. I think it's the best way to go. Well, and it brings and, okay, up. And here's a, more, Maurice Sider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Detroit Red Wings, he was a first-round pick. Remember a couple of years ago? Was it last year the year before when he was drafted? People were like, what? He w- why would they take him? They had all these other people. I think he went fifth or seventh overall. Well, guess what he just won this year. He won the, the was it the uh, Calder? Yeah, yeah Calder. Calder. Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Victor Hedman didn't. Yeah. And he's like big like that and he plays, yeah. he might be better than that. Who yeah. knows? So he came out of a German system like that. Well and the thing
0: too is it brings uh it brings like a community element to it too. Because one thing I find with us particularly with minor hockey, as kids start to come up the ranks, even with us, we have the Windsor Spitfires here, right? But there's no like connection, there's no connectivity between the minor system and the junior system, and from the junior system to whatever the closest pro system would be you know? So it's like, even in, even in Toronto, if you look through the, through Toronto, like the Toronto Marlies, the, are the trip, there's the AAA team, the Toronto Marlies, the actual team's the AHL team, but there's not really like a, these things are actually connected. They have nothing to do with each other. Even, even when AAA, it used to be the Windsor Junior Spitfires, but there was actually no connection. So you don't have the coach of the Windsor Spitfires coming in to talk to the Thirteen-year-old team, yeah, about and, this kind of and stuff. part of
1: it is because the draft part is out of their control. So you can, right? If, so if the, so if Billy Bowler and and his coaching staff of Mark Savard right now and Andy Delmore and and Juggy go in and dedicate extra time to the to the Adam Peewee Bantam yeah. and midget, doesn't do anything. Windsor Spitfires, well, they can get drafted to the London Knights. So you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So that's that's why. Yeah, yeah, it
0: makes it difficult for you to yeah. to. Because I, d- I didn't even think about that. Like with the draft, it's like now it it makes everything so disconnected because you can pick anybody from anywhere. Whereas you have that system. I just feel like it would be way better for the teams because then you actually know the kids. Like you said, that like takes the research out of it, right? You're just the ones that are, you're making these kids into what they're going to be. You know, and maybe it would be easier to do it with the the junior systems that aren't the OHL because there isn't a draft. So if you're the one of our local teams, is the LaSalle Vipers or the Leamington Flyers or whatever, maybe they could have that. And they they made one affiliation with a AAA team. And you would think like that would be what we're trying to do. It doesn't really seem like it's going to be anything like that. But that's kind of what you would think. It's like we're trying to build these kids to be at this level at a certain point because we want our organization to be professionally run and to develop good players you know but it's hard you don't get that connection and and the community doesn't come around it where it's like we all are kind of centralized on this path together to get us where we're going it turns into the everyone's competing with each other all the time right instead of everybody's kind of working as a team to get up to these next levels and it's just part of the process you know so that's that's super interesting it's it would be i would love to actually get a good template of what they do in I know. places like that i would love it
1: i would love to do that and i think it's the way to go and i mean you basically what i'm saying is you blow up the nhl and the ohl kind of you have to start a whole new league because now if you're not good so this is the other thing this is so if you look at the european leagues you can go from the first league and drop to the second if you're not good enough because you have to be good enough so now your development is not just you can't just have a bad team you just can't have a bad team or else you're you're losing money you're losing what level you're playing at and stuff like i i really like that and then there's really good second divisions and third divisions, so you could, could get back and compete and stuff so I, it's just really neat there's just hockey's just done differently yeah. well obviously major league baseball and football too it's it's a north american thing but it's just done differently right and uh it's just very interesting yeah but well i think that it's a thought it for well, for sure, because it wouldn't necessarily
0: have to go up to that professional league too, like if the NHL still does their draft or whatever that's fine, but like what reason does the Windsor Spitfires have for not developing their local area like that would just they be don't better have for a reason yeah, that would just be better for everyone, like even the in terms of the chemistry because yeah. you know the personalities yeah. now that are coming into your program right yeah. you can shape the character of how your program's going to be run yeah. instead of from the On the the, the draft for the 2022 OHL players, you get the one kid that worked on the farm, the other kid that lived downtown Toronto, and the other kid that's from Michigan all coming to the same team. that have They don't know anything about each other. They have nothing in common or anything like that. So it just seems like it would better develop even from a team standpoint, like a chemistry or an identity that they have from when they're young or whatever, you know? But yeah. cause I, I actually forgot about that. like soccer is completely like that. Like yeah. that's, it's all that club system stuff. There's no drafting.
1: It's just like you move up, move up. Like I didn't even
0: really think about that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean like Messi, right? He moved away. And a lot of these kids, they get identified when they're like 10. Yeah. Well, oh, you're moving to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Well, for those guys, I, I live in a shithole. Yeah. I live in a pile of garbage in, in uh, whatever country I'm from. Of course, I'm going to go Argentina or something like that. Yeah. Right. So yeah, of course you're gonna go, and uh, then you make your family build a billion dollars, yeah. right? Because the money's there. Yeah, yeah. But that's what it is. It's it's awesome. Like, I'm not saying no. I'm actually saying I'd love to see something different for yeah. sure. Yeah, because be there's cool. something there's something about the European way that's that's working very very it's, well, showing itself more and more. Yeah, right? and the, there's something about the Canadian way, and or the American way is actually picking up too. But there's something about the Canadian way. That is not so attractive. Like you look at Finland, right? Finland and Slovakia. I don't know what the population of Slovakia is. I have no clue. But a, a country like Finland and Sweden. Okay, let's just take those two. Popul- as far as population goes, I was gonna say population wise. Yeah. <laughs> as far as population goes and ranks per capita and all that stuff, it's like diddly shit compared yeah. to here. Yeah. So what are they doing? That's that's good. There's there's something. Yeah.
0: There's okay. something.
1: 100%. I love it. Cool.
0: Well, uh I think that was like kind of interesting. That was a f- I actually enjoyed talking about that. That was cool. We just
1: we just uh, winged it. Yeah, we just we just we ran rambled. off we're off the rails here. No, we
0: didn't even do our topic at all, but no. I kind of I kind of liked it. So hopefully you guys uh, found that kind of interesting. So, I think do you have anything else you want to say about the draft or anything like that?
1: Uh while well, we just end off that topic. We can wrap it up. Let me just think here. Okay. At what point do we decide to go to the draft or not? And I think, well, first of all, you have to be rated. <laughs> oh but, yeah, yeah. But like, if I, I would be like, honestly, like, what's understand like the hype and all the? It's a dog and show, pony show, and it's a, it's prom night, right? Yeah, yeah it's prom night. It's prom yeah, night. and right. Everyone gets a nice suit and stuff, and your families go down there. But like, for who? Right. For who? Yeah. You're still getting drafted if you're sitting at home, and I'm not saying don't take the experience. Yeah. But how many kids have gone there like they, they there's so many hockey players that are down there 32 guys got picked and got to be on tv and show how great they are the rest of them spent all that night in a nice suit for what yeah. and their parents are down there going okay so we got to sleep and it started probably 45 minutes ago now for the second round or third round like hopefully you get drafted but was it worth going across the country yeah to go and like so i told charlie i said i don't know i think the agents kind of have a pretty good grasp on it, but i don't know do You do you go yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. work out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. Work, work out. out.
0: Okay, so we'll, we'll cap it there because that, that, that was good. Okay, we'll see you guys next week.